Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Ann Ortley's Weekly Weather. I'm Ann Ortley, and I'm here at the bright red desk on an absolutely beautiful Sunday morning. Uh, this is September 29th, 2019, and this is the show for the week of that. The week ahead, the astrology in the heavens, and how you can expect it to show up in your life. Um, we are officially in fall. It's got that crisp fall feeling. Uh, it was a little chilly at night, a little cold, hot in the day, Indian summer. Uh, the vegetables, the leaves are actually starting to turn on my block. I can see a couple of, couple of little leaves, not too many, but you know, the beginning, the beginning. So we began a new season this uh, this week. Uh, the sun went into Libra, which marks the fall season, and the sun going below the equator. So our friends in the south southern hemisphere, they're. Um, their spring begins and our fall begins here in the northern hemisphere. And I often find Libra is a time when we really seek balance and we we want to connect again. So there's a lot of connecting, a desire to connect energy um, and to kind of partner with people and to work together and collaborate. Um, so I had the honor last night of going to my assistant Rachel's wedding and it was really lovely. She married the love of her life, Spencer Bloor. And um, it was probably one of the better weddings I've been to in my lifetime. It was really a great party. But more importantly uh, was the ceremony uh, when they married. And so I always like to watch the groom's face as, as the bride comes down the aisle. And he just kind of glowed. Um, and the rabbi had married Rachel when she was a little girl. Or not married Rachel, but she married Rachel now as a big girl. And she bought mitzvahed Rachel as a little girl. So she talked about the two of them and their creativity and it was it was a beautiful ceremony and one of the things she said and I I just thought it was very magical she said that uh the 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 the, the tradition is that God when you're born God keeps a part of your soul and um when you meet your beloved he gives that part back to you for you to give your you for you to give to your beloved so that you connect and one of the one of the things in astrology, you know, I always can tell if somebody's a really important person based on the Chiron placement. And a lot of times we go, ooh, Chiron wounding, wounding, Chiron hard. But actually Chiron is where the other person sees your soul. And it is your soul. So when a planet's on your, you know, especially a light, I mean, if you're getting married to somebody with Mars on your Chiron, that's not, that's not going to be fun because they're going to be poking at your soul and your soul wound. But more importantly, your soul. And so Chiron, in modern modern astrology, recently discovered in 77, uh, we know that when he's active in a romantic chart, romantic partner's chart, when their light's on yours or your Chiron's on something in their chart and vice versa, that they really see your soul. And that is one, you know, we get that term soulmate. Whenever anybody says that to me, I'm like, oh, they have a really big Chiron aspect. And so when Rachel and uh, Spencer got married, Chiron was rising, right? And it went into the 12th house. So it was kind of on a very, you know, I'm sitting there with my cell phone watching the time, right? You know, because I'm going to get an accurate wedding time for the two of them. But as Chiron was rising, it was rising. And so they were merging their souls. And I thought, what a beautiful symbolism um, and what what a beautiful phrasing that they get together. And then they did this little circle around each other. And I'd never been to a traditional Jewish ceremony before. They did it. They did a circle around each other. It looked like three circles. You know, I was sitting counting. Um, they probably mean, you know, love, honor, and 
you know, trust or whatever. But it was like that they're creating a circle with their life and that the rest of us around them were the circle. And then, of course, when the rings come, you know, it's a circle of undying love. And I can remember back in 1994, <clears throat> before I started studying astrology, that I had gone to a woman's retreat up at uh, Rowe uh, Camping Counseling Center in, in in Massachusetts, and it's a universalist church. And I kind of said, it was before astrology, right? So I said to somebody, like, what's all this stuff with circles, <laughs> you know? And they were like, a circle is a perfect union, you know, because we, it, there is no beginning, there is no end, and it continues. And so it was really beautiful when they were circling each other. Um, and then, of course, the smashing of the glass. So uh, Spencer and Rachel are off to their honeymoon and to the beginning of the rest of their lives together. So it was, it was a really good wedding. It was a good party, great band. Absolutely, my whole table was singing and pounding the table and drumming. We have a lot of, <laughs> I had a lot of artists at my table. And it was just a really, you know, it's really the beginning of the partnership of ourselves as fall happens. And I, the, one, of the, one of the people at the wedding um, was a client. He came up to me and he said, hi, you know, you read me. And he goes, yeah, you know, weddings, weddings. And then somebody else had said, uh, they had gone to two weddings that day. I think it was actually him that said they had gone to two weddings. Um, you know, it kind of blurs. So it's it's a, it's a beginning. It's a new start. And this week we're going to have Saturn stationing, and he's going to stop on the degree that he stopped on on April, the end of April, and he's going to stop at 20 and go forward. So last April uh, Saturn stationed at 20, the end of the month, and he went backwards, and last week he went direct. Uh, and now this week, Pluto goes direct. So we are forward motion, full steam ahead, and we are in interesting times. Always that period. Now, we know Saturn and Pluto are getting married in January, on January 12th, and the conjunction is really uh, the mark of this, this new big 36-year cycle. So we're all putting structures and plans into place in our life. I'm going on uh, vacation next week. I will be broadcasting, but I will be broadcasting from my cell phone. I know you guys all hate that, but uh, hopefully I'll get a good signal. And the we're putting structures in place. So I really want you thinking between now and January and, and looking at your life and saying, you know, these structures are great. This structure, I like it, but I need it to be different. This structure, no, that one's done, let it go. And just really be conscious of the structures in your life and what you're doing with them. And consciously pay attention to that. I'm going to have a webinar on it. Uh, Rose and I didn't quite get it together um, this week because it was a busy week. But we'll be working. It'll be coming, and I'll let you know. And then also, if one of the structures that you want is astrology in your life, um, I am a firm believer of certification of astrologers because right now anybody that runs a computer chart can put one up. And I had uh, one of my students, Eliza, came by, and we were talking, and she told me about a actually famous astrologer, well-known, who doesn't know what an ephemeris was. And I'm like, really? She doesn't know what an ephemeris is? And she actually is a published astrologer in a famous, mag you know, famous magazine, very well-known. And I was like, how can you not know what an ephemeris is? Because that's where all the data comes from for us to cast a chart. So, you know, you gotta you gotta go to a, an astrologer that actually knows what they're doing, um, I think. At any rate, 
when I was coming up, I looked at the astrologers who I really liked, and I said, well, what do they do? What did they get? Well, who are they? You know, and they have cert- what's called certifications. Um, so at any rate, I encourage my students to take certifications, and periodically I bring into New York um, the people, the ESAR people, uh, which is the International Society for Astrological Research. And so we're going to be spon- I'm going to be sponsoring with a couple of their um, a couple of their board members uh, a certification on the week of November 9th, Veterans Day, 9th, 10th, 11th, that weekend. Friday night, Saturday night, Friday, Saturday, Sunday is the Consulting Skills course, and on on Monday is Monday the 11th is the test. And they are an internationally recognized uh, astrology organization, and they offer an internationally recognized certification. And in the same way, you would not go to an unlicensed doctor or (laughs) an attorney that hadn't passed the bar, um, you really don't want to go to an astrologer that doesn't know what they're doing. And not every, I will say there are a number of good astrologers who don't have certification, but when they've certified, it proves they know what they're doing. Right, so it's important, I think, and I I sponsor all of the certifications or support all of them. There's one by the American Federation of Astrologers, which is the older certifying body, and then ESAR uh, offers their certification, and then NCGR, uh, which is the National Council for Geocosmic Research. That certification is offered in New York quarterly. So, but you know, when you have to spend the night in a hotel because it's Friday, Saturday, Sunday. That's why I offer it locally. So if anybody is interested, it's on ESAR's website. And then there's also the OPA certification, uh, which I did this um, this fall in uh, Baltimore, and I'll be doing again next spring in Zion. In Zion. Um, so, you know, just get certified. It, it proves you know what you're doing. I think it's a good thing. If you want to be an astrologer, and because of the structure of your life that you're bringing in, includes, you know, the next 36 years of your life or subset thereof, you want to be an astrologer. This is a great time to kind of, you got a month's notice, sign up, a month and a half actually, sign up and get ready and take the class. Sounds like fun, right? Um, So I would encourage you to do that. And it is going to be here in New York. Information is on ESAR's website, search and events for the New York certification. So there's two parts. The, well, there's three parts for ESAR. There's the, the counseling course, the consulting skills course, which I wished I'd had when I found it in 2009. I'd already been an astrologer. Um, I wished I'd found it earlier. And uh, I then brought it in because I think it's really helpful because it teaches you how to talk to clients. And then the competency exam, which is do you know what you're doing? Do you know your astrology? And, you know, you don't want to go to somebody that doesn't know their astrology. Um, that could be really bad, you know. Especially if they tell you mean stuff. And I, you know, I periodically do what I call astrology rehab where I get somebody here and they go, oh, this astrologer told me this. And I'm like, that is bad astrology. Were they certified? And they kind of look at me with wide eyes and I go, they weren't certified. They don't know what they're doing. And this this famous astrologer uh, who doesn't know what an ephemeris is, which is where all the data that calculates the charts that she supposedly knows how to read uh, lives. So I really, I was a little shocked by that, frankly. But there is no certifying body for astrologers. I mean, there's no, you can, I mean, you don't have to be certified to hang it up. Like the bar says you can't practice unless you take pass the test. 
you don't really want an astrologer that hasn't done that or isn't in process because there's levels. They can do it like a black belt where they can do steps too. That's the process that NCGR offers. So at any rate, on to the the weather, on to what's in the heavens. Big news this week, uh, Pluto stationing to turn direct. Um, And he stations, uh, and he is stationing, interestingly, on the degree that Saturn stationed on last April. At the end of April, Saturn stationed uh, in Capricorn, and he went backwards, and he just went direct um, last week. So uh, Pluto, Saturn stationed on April 30th at 2031. And then Pluto uh, stations this week um, at 2038, right? Right on on the degree. And Saturn stationed on the 18th at at 1355. So you've got to kind of think of these two dragons, these two giants dancing up there in the heavens, right? And we did a, Rose and I did a newsletter this last week on, the, the Giants Dancing, right? There's a very bad movie from 1965, which The Village of Giants Dance, and I, I remembered it, and uh, it's on the letter. It's really a cute clip. It's like The Giants Dancing. This is what's going on in the heavens above. So if you want to watch it and get a symbolic uh, representation of the energy of the week, it's helpful. So anyway, Pluto stops. Whenever he stops, we have earthquakes, we have volcanoes, there's a war someplace, it's big. But last week, between the two, when the two of them were kind of getting ready, the structure, of course, the Mueller report came out in April. And then um, Trump, uh, the day after the Mueller testimony, he's on the phone with Poland, or not Poland, Ukraine, you know, extorting, um, requesting a favor. Uh, that's what he did. He requested a favor. But there was like a few million dollars that were being held up that he wasn't giving to the Ukraine. Who is at war with Russia, right? Russia took over Crimea, which is part of the Ukraine, and that's why they got kicked out of the G8. Now it's the G7. So um, Nancy Pelosi kind of said, all right, we're done. Um, It was interesting because we here at the office are very political, and so Rose got very excited at 2.44 when Nancy came out uh, they came out of the closed door meeting and it leaked, quote unquote, that it and it was a Mars Mars hour, right? Saying we're we're going to go to war, we're going to take action. It doesn't have to be go to war. We're going to take action. And then at 5:07 Mars Day Mercury hour, um, she came to the podium and she said uh, we're going to impeach um, or begin impeachment inquiries. And at 5:10 I tweeted. Mercury, Trine, Jupiter, and Sag. Now, we do the tweets. We record the tweets on Monday. So I've got the tweets in for all next week while I'm on vacation already. And I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. Mercury, sextile, Jupiter. uh, I think I said Trine a second ago. Sextile, Jupiter. Wow. We're talking. We're communicating. We're learning new things. People ask me how the the chart looks. I'm like, well, not a great Mars. So we'll see how far it goes. But, you know, it's a process, and it is holding accountable. What Saturn and Pluto do is they hold us accountable. So if you tune in and watch the village of the giants dance, you'll see how the giant holds the little guy who whacks him with the chair at the end of the clip accountable. 
Um, and you have to kind of think of Saturn and Pluto dancing on this degree at 20 in your chart. So it's kind of one, two, three, one, two, three, the big guys. So if you have any planet at 20, you're going to really feel it. But then the two of them are now marching forward to their union. So this is a really important period of time. Once Pluto goes direct, it's full steam ahead. And he until Duhelion and Pluto get married. And you think about how fast this summer went. It's going to go even faster. But you're being asked to look at your life, take personal accountability for your choices. And then secondly, think about what's the structure you want to build for your future. You know, what's done, what's finished, what's over, what's going away, what's coming in, what's the structure you want to bring in, what's the new thing that's going to support where you want your life to go. And your job between now and January is to get all that in place and to kind of think about, well, what's the structure? So one of the things I'm going to do when I'm on vacation is, you know, think about uh, the structure of my the rest of my life, basically, or the next, you know, 36 years, which will be the rest of my life because I'm 65 and I don't plan on living through the whole next 36 years. The time before this was in 82, 83, fall of 82, 83, so you're finishing up the story from then. And then the time before that was 47. Uh, and that was when people were born who are here to right wrongs. Pluto, you know, Pluto and Saturn met in Leo, and they said, no more abuse of power. We're not going to abuse power. We just came out of this horrible war, and we want to grow things and make it be a good world. So that's the, uh, that's the scoop this week, so forward. So today, the moon's in Libra. Uh, and the closing aspect is a conjunction to Mercury, which is a lovely closing aspect, making communication really positive and uh, productive and partnership-based. And that happens tonight at 10.06 p.m. Tomorrow morning, bright and early, the 30th, on uh, Rosh Hashanah begins tonight at sunset, too. Uh, the moon goes into Scorpio. And it's in Scorpio on Monday, and it's in Scorpio on Tuesday, and it goes void at 5.46 a.m. with a sextile to Mars on the 2nd. And so Monday, Tuesday, very big days for getting a lot of intense, deep work done. And, of course, Scorpio stuff is morning, so I'm going back to Florida, and my uncle and my aunt, my mother's brother and her, his wife are coming, and we're going to have a little mini memorial service uh, with my mom's family, of course, because my dad is... Uh, now dead, so we're going to celebrate dad's life yet again. Um, and then on the second, uh, the moon goes void, as I mentioned, with a sextile to Mars, moving things forward. And then the moon goes into Sagittarius at 7.44 on October 2nd, and it's in Sagittarius Wednesday, Thursday, and it goes void at 3.34, 3.34 rather, in the morning on Friday morning with a sextile to Venus. It is void all day next day, all day next week on Friday the 4th. Not all day, but until 1.43. But Tuesday, Wednesday, great aspects with a closing sextile, forward motion, full steam ahead. And then moon goes into Capricorn at 1.43 p.m. on Friday the 4th. And it's in Capricorn Friday night, Saturday. Sunday goes void at 7.25 with a square to Venus, which is nice. You know, moon in Capricorn squares Venus in Libra. So it's a little bit of an overdoing, but not bad. And then um, it goes into Aquarius. It goes in at 11.25 at night on next Sunday. And then it goes into Aquarius at 11.42, uh, the night of the 6th. And it goes void uh, with a sextile to Jupiter. So that, again, is very nice weeks. So this week, all the moons are productive and 
fortunate in helping you get stuff done. Scorpio is passionate, Sagittarius visionary, Capricorn practical. The busy days this week are going to be Wednesday the 3rd. That is the day that Pluto stations. That is also the day that Mercury goes into Scorpio. And Mercury is going to be in Scorpio uh, until um, November, December, I believe. Um, Mercury is in Scorpio until December 8th because we're entering our retrograde shadow. Um, we don't enter our, the retrograde shadow until next weekend, but Mercury and Scorpio will be where there's a big retrograde this fall. So we enter Scorpio and begin that story. Mercury takes off into into Scorpio. And then um, later in the week, uh, next week on the 8th, um, Venus is going to go into Scorpio. So Mercury is... Um, entering Scorpio on the same day that Pluto stations and then the day after that on the 4th Mars goes into Libra and Mars will be in Libra until the 19th of November so when we have planets change it's a bubbly bouncy little time and also because Pluto stationing now we're going to feel the Pluto station five days before five days after right and that Wednesday is the Pluto that that um Sorry, that uh, that Thursday is the Pluto station. So that's the big hoo-ha day this week. Uh, we also have a little bit of a hoo-ha day on um, late Monday, Tuesday, because the Moon and the the Venus and um, the Venus and Libra is going to square Saturn and Pluto. So there can be some unexpected costs or some expected structural changes in relationships. Not huge, but again, the goal here is to get your life set up for the new chapter starting in January. So you're going to really feel like, okay, I have to do this, okay? And once those planets starts moving, fast. But this week, because they're stopped, very big news, very big. And because Pluto and Pluto is dancing where Saturn danced last April, the end of April, again, big hoo-ha this week. So just watch for it. Um, it is strong, powerful, and clarifying, and it is a 20 degrees cap, which is very much the um, uh, highly sensitive point. <laughs> so you know how like when you bruise something and then something comes along and punches it again, uh, that's the kind of the idea. But it's big, and it also, because he's turning direct, whenever Pluto stations, earthquakes, you know, volcanoes, stuff like that, going to war, we went when Saddam Hussein invaded um, Kuwait, we went. They, that was war. That was a Pluto station. And then when we invaded them, you know, the next time later, that was, you know, the Hundred Day War that Bush Senior fought. Pluto stationed. It's a big. It's a biggie. And because the giants are dancing, they're dancing in your chart somewhere. So watch for the news that comes out, especially on those that degree of 20. Now it, it's in 20 Capricorn, but it's going to aspect anything in 20 anywhere in your chart. So this week, the sun rules between 5 degrees of Libra and 15 degrees of Libra. And its big thing is a square on the 6th to the nodes of fate. Now this week, with Saturn squaring the nodes of fate, and Mercury squaring the nodes of fate, and Venus squaring the nodes of fate, we made fated choices, right? Including, you know, starting impeachment inquiries. Uh, With the sun squaring it on October 6th, which is, of course, the day of um, the Sunday, 
as, as we start to really feel the Pluto energy moving forward, we are going to make intellectual and ego-based choices. So kind of pay attention. And then on the 7th, the sun squares Saturn, uh, which Venus does this week, right? Um, again, you know, facing and seeing our options on the uh, the rest of the week, no, the sun's not doing anything, right? So it's not aspecting anything in difficult nature. It's kind of a forward motion. Mercury this week is big. He runs from 23 Libra to 6 Scorpio. So when he's in Libra, he's communication-based. When he dives into Scorpio on October 3rd, he's really going to be digging up the secrets. And you want to kind of pay attention to what he does. His big aspect, of course, is entering Scorpio, which makes him dig up the secrets, know what they are, find them and release them. And then again, towards the end of the week, on the 5th and the 7th, uh, Mercury has a hard aspect to Jupiter, uh, and he kind of, you know, because Jupiter has to take action around what Mercury has revealed. And this week we had the sextile to Jupiter where he told us stuff. So next week we have the semi-square, like, what did you tell us? What do we have to do with it? And Mercury is also opposite Uranus on the 7th, which is usually shocking news or unexpected news. And we get a precursor of it on the 1st uh, when Mercury is contraparallel Uranus. On the, th on the third, rather, I'm sorry, we get a precursor of what the shocking news is we're going to get on the seventh. Um, and basically, Mercury's pretty quiet this week, too. He does have a gift that you're going to be getting or an opportunity to work with stuff collectively on the fourth uh, when he quintiles the south node. But he's really working for clarity, right? Venus this week goes from 18... Um, Libra. Remember, she and Mercury met up a couple of weeks ago, and they've been traveling together in the heavens. Uh, so she's, you know, she's going to catch up. She's going to go into Scorpio next week. He does this week. But she goes from 18 Libra to 28 Libra. So planets in your chart between 18 and 28 Libra will be kissing this week. And she has, uh, she starts off the week on the 1st with a square to Pluto. Last week she had the square to Saturn. And so Venus square Pluto is a commitment energy, but it's a commitment into a triangle or a commitment into, um, you know, a, a passion. You know, it's committing to a passion. She has a couple quintiles this week, you know, to Vesta and to Neptune, encouraging you to think about what you love and what's important to you and what your dream is. You know, and Venus, the goddess of love and beauty, in her favorite sign, of course, fall and spring are two most beautiful seasons because the leaves change and the plants bloom, right? So she's saying to Neptune, uh, what is it you want to bloom again? And she's saying to Vesta, how do you want your nest to feel and home be, you know, for this forward motion? She does have a big fight on the third. Uh, Venus is opposite Eris in Libra. Venus in Libra is opposite Eris. And that's a very cranky, crabby, irritable, um, unhappy energy. Uh, so it's a forward motion, and it, 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 is, it is an argument. So there's an energy here of um, I'm not happy and I need to change this. So just kind of watch for the argument on the third. Of course, that is the day that Pluto stations. So we're going to look for that aha moment, right? The third is really going to be tough. And the day or two before and after, we feel the Pluto stopped, uh, dancing on our head, <laughs> dancing on 
Saturn, where Saturn stopped last year. And I kind of want to explain that. It's kind of like a pivot. You know, like when you when you dig a hole in something and it's kind of like a hole and, it, and then another planet comes in and sits in the hole, it re, re-triggers it. So Saturn kind of dug a hole at 20 degrees. And that, of course, is where the node of fate was, right? Last week when Saturn went into the node of fate, it's a 20. Um, it was a 20. The nodes are. And now... Pluto is going into it. And we also get to Saturn passing his, the degree of his shadow. He stationed on the 13th and went into the nodes of fate. But the nodes were active at the eclipse time, too. So this brings up stuff from July. Uh, July 3rd, July um, 17th, when the eclipses were active at these degrees. Mars this week runs from you know 28 Virgo, 27 Virgo, into 0 Libra. Now, Mars goes into Libra on the October 4th at 12 midnight, 1221. Mars and Libra, not that happy, but when Venus gets out of, um, when she gets out of Libra and goes into Scorpio, we're going to find, next week, Mars will get a little bit better because he's answering to Libra, so he's a little indecisive and he's being kind of polite rather than saying what he really wants. He is a trine to Vesta, encouraging you to kind of clean things out. And he has, a, and that's on the 30th. He has a biquintile to Uranus, which is really creative ideas on the third, the day of the Pluto station. And he kind of goes, oh, creative idea. Really, this is a good one. He does have a health aspect on the sixth. So any health aspects, you want to kind of hop on and get them done. Jupiter has a square to partnership on the sixth, which kind of says, are you going to partner with this or not? And it is a choice point. Uh, and it has to be something that makes you feel nurtured and cared for. Uh, to partner with it, so really kind of pay attention. Does this does this Virgo feed me? Is this a thing I want to work with? And then Neptune has a trine to Athena this week and an opposition to uh, Juno. So the trine to Athena is on the seventh, and the opposition to Juno is, you know, kind of seeing and moving forward. And then Pluto stations on the third, which is a forward motion, and that again it happens at 20 degrees of Capricorn. Um, and so that's the week. Um, Venus, I'm sorry, Athena trines the nodes on the 30th, which is really good ideas that you want to send out there. And then Venus, uh, or Ceres rather, uh, has a hard aspect to the node on the 29th. So that's a lot of health, uh, you know, kind of um, adjusting how you're going to feed yourself, how you're going to take care of yourself, how you're going to nurture yourself. So this is a week for really, um, really kind of getting focused on you and focused on your future and thinking about like what is your what is it what is it that you're going for what does that new chapter in your life going to bring remember next year it's really big um and we really work on the structure of the dreams we work on the structure of your life we begin a major chapter so right now if you feel like there's stuff that needs to leave or stuff that's leaving bless it thank it say goodbye if in the case of you're marrying somebody. There were nine clients of mine were getting married this weekend, including Rachel. Shout out to all of them, too, because you picked a great day for a wedding. Um, if you're committing to a partnership for the next 36 years of your life, uh, Rachel's dad stood up and said 36 years ago he married Judith, Rachel's mom, and now he's here at the wedding uh, saying, you know, seeing his daughter get married. So it, it it's a really big week, and it's really taking into consideration what is the structure of your life as those giants dance in your chart. 
And I'm Ann Ortley signing off for the Bright Red Desk. And I'll catch you next week from Florida. Bye.